All right, welcome in. Episode 197 of the Get Around Podcast. We are back to COVID-19 restrictions here in the Get Around studio, which means it's just me alone by myself in the studio. Thankfully, James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal are joining via FaceTime. You're like John Oliver with the white voice. Yes, I am exactly like... John Oliver, I am a wealthy British satirist, is that? Humorist. Humorist? Satirical humorist? <laughs> Andrew, how you doing, bud? I like the wallpaper you got there. You were just showing us around your uh, your man cave down there at your uh, folks' house. Yeah, it was, it's been like this for, since I ever since I kind of went off to college, they uh, made it a lot cooler and nicer. Did it used to be your room? No, it used to be just this gray room of nothingness. And then we finished it, I don't know, like 10 years ago and then kind of added more onto it over the years. So I, I felt pretty hurt when my parents started using my old bedroom as a storage space. Yeah, my old I bedroom. I was like, oh, man, okay. My, my bedroom is my mom's office for when she has to work remotely. I hope the sound of a uh, vacuum isn't in the podcast. I, I don't hear it, fortunately. Okay, I'm, wearing, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing the AirPods, but yeah, there is a, a vacuum going on in the background right now to just make it more Andrew's home. <laughs> All right, well, again, welcome everybody into uh, the Get Around episode 197. Got a good show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about, unfortunately, a couple of losses uh, over the weekend that we saw Sutton's Bay and Traverse City St. Francis both lost, but... We've got a win to talk about as well. Uh, Traverse City Central beat South Lion uh, and beat them pretty handily in the state semifinal. So they will be playing on Friday at 1 p.m., right, James, at Fort Field? Tickets 20 bucks. Parking is 6 Not for you, though. You get in free, hopefully, right? I hope. Gas is like 50 bucks. so. They're playing for the uh, Division II championship, taking on Warren De La Salle. That should be a good game. We're hoping for a good game. Uh, we did get uh, a good game up north when I was in Marquette. Unfortunately, Sutton's Bay did lose uh, 31-20. to It was closer than that, I felt. Going up there, i got to tell this story first. So I went up there. I hadn't used a camera to shoot sports in three, three and a half, four years, close to that, right? And so Jan, our... Uh, our photographer here, he, he set me up with a camera. So I go up there, and I'm, I've got three different lenses that I can use, and I'm ready to go. And then I just I wanted to test it out, so I went down in the field. Um, I got there about an hour before the game started, so I got down there. So just started taking some warm-up photos and wanted to make sure that I was you know able to capture the action and not have a bunch of blurry photos. And so... I go there, and then I'm like, oh, I need to get the uh, card reader as well. And I noticed that Jan did not give me a card reader with the, the two bags that he gave me. There was no card reader in there. And I'm panicking because it's now 10.15, and I have no card reader, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. But then I noticed that it, doesn't, it also has one of those uh, cards that, you can, that I can just slide right into my MacBook and... I was feeling okay about that. I was like, great. And so I took the card out, and I put it in my laptop, 
and of course it didn't pop up on my desktop. And again, I started to panic and go, am I going to be using my phone for this? Eventually I get it to work. I go down, I shoot the first half. I'm like, okay, let's go back. Let's edit some photos real quick. Uh, I was taking the photos in the wrong format. So my computer, which is a MacBook from 2010, it doesn't read CR2 files. It only reads JPEGs. And so I had Ooh, a, camera raw, camera uh, raw. I had I had a half, a, a full half full of photos that I could not use because I could not edit them. And I called Jan, and again I'm in a panic. I'm like, dude, how do I switch this to JPEG? Because I don't I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I wish that I was better with cameras and photography, but I'm not. Uh, so I'm in this dome which is so hot. It is really, really warm in that dome. James, I don't know if you've been there and covered, but it is, it is warm there. And I'm, I got the mask on, and you know, I've got you know, dress pants, nice shirt, tie, looking good. And so I am sweating while I'm on the phone with Jan, while I have him on speaker, and can't really hear anything because the, there's still stuff going around happening during halftime, and... Eventually we got it to work, and eventually I got the pictures, and it all worked out. It was fine. But there was a time when I was like, I, I guess it's just going to be my phone. Have you guys ever had a situation like that where you've gone somewhere and either forgot something and panicked or thought you forgot, and then just you're like, oh, I guess I'm screwed? Yeah, I got to Wichita one time and realized I didn't have an SD card, but um, good thing there was this place called Walmart that I bought one at. Yeah, that's what I figured I was going to have to do. I'm like, I guess I'll have to go buy a card reader. I should have checked everything before I left, before I got into the car. That would have been the smart thing for a normal human being to do. Were you guys uh, surprised by Sutton's Bay's loss? They, they, again, they showed the, their propensity for big plays. They had, their touchdowns were 90 yards, 99 yards, and 55 yards. I mean, I'm, I wasn't surprised that it was a lot closer. I figured it would be a lot closer than last year's game. I figured, by the way. And that one was, what, 45 nothing? I mean, that game wasn't close at all. Like you said, if we, if I was following the game kind of on your tweets and everything, and, and it seemed closer than what the final score. It seemed like, you know, Sutton's Bay was in it. Like, any play, you know, they could buff off, you know, a 90-yard touchdown, like you said, and be right back in the lead. Yeah, it was just kind of a matter of Lenaway uh, Christian making the plays when they ne- needed to and Sutton's Bay falling just short of making the plays that they needed to at, at the right time. I mean, I, l- I remember the, the game against Inland Lakes when they, it was, what, I think they sh- it was nearly a shutout. They uh, they scored like what, one touchdown in that game, James, one or two. Yeah, maybe. Uh, no, Inland Lakes scored a couple, I think, in that one. And it was close for a little while. And then, then but, yeah. pulled out, pulled away in that one. They, they, they were powering through powerhouses, and I thought, I thought they were going to be able to give Lenoway a game, and they and they did. So I wouldn't really say I'm surprised by that result at all. I think we're surprised by Trevor City St. Francis's loss, though. I I was. I did not expect them to lose. I mean, I know Puamo is a powerhouse, but so is St. Francis. James, what happened in that game? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we had in the, the previous story that we had, we had about how they had all those injuries and everything, and then uh, two of those kids played. So coach was sandbagging a little bit when he was when he was talking to me. He didn't tell me that those kids were going to be back. Uh, he kind of led everyone to believe that those kids were all out for the season. 
um, and stuff. So they had, so they had their quarterback back. They had you know, their fullback back. He didn't play necessarily the whole game, I think, as much as he normally did, but he played for him on defense more um, than offense. But so they got a little bit of a boost for those guys, um, and their defense was just really, really good. I mean, you know, St. Francis got in the red zone three of their first four possessions and came away with one score on those. And because of special teams stuff and turnovers and everything like that, I think three of, four, three of those four possessions started on the other side of the field. You know, so they started in Palamo's territory. So their Palamo's defense really, really stepped up in that game. I mean, St. Francis ended up having more offense in the game than, than Palamo, 385 to 247. But when they needed to, Palamo's defense was just there. When did you start to feel that it was going to be a loss for St. Francis? Uh, the punt return. Um, and, until that, you know, it, it had a feeling of the game that I think St. Francis would pull out. You know, I just felt that they, you know, one play to why, and I'll say this, he'd be gone, and, you know, games turn up, games turn on its head. It ended up being the other way around, and the punt return by Palamo, the 95-yard punt return, which was totally ill-advised by this kid. Like uh, Charlie Peterson punted out of shotgun formation, and he boomed one over the kid's head, and it rolled inside the ten, and the kid went back and got it. When there was people like right on it, like it's one of those it's one of those punts where the coaches are just telling you, you should never feel this, but he did, and they took off up the sideline and it was gone. I bet that was uh, kind of like a, a major league moment where the coach was like you know great catch never do that again basically um yeah i'm gonna guess so yeah it's one of those things where the coach is like i remember watching a basketball McBain basketball game last year and, and a kid took a three-pointer like early in the possession and they run a very deliberate offense and as soon as the kid let the three-pointer go the coach is yelling no <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes in <laughs> but it's still one of those one of those things um and, and I think that that just really that turned that game around. Um, you know, it put Palamo up by two scores. Um, St. Francis turned around and got another one. I mean, that, that last minute and a half, or minute and a half of that game was crazy. Um, St. Francis got the ball with like two minutes to go, went down the field, uh, scored a Wyatt Bacetis touchdown pass from uh, Charlie Peterson, um, where he was hitting with a back shoulder fade right at the sticks. Uh, then they go for an onside kick. They get called for that new rule, which has kind of been in a place in the NFHS for a couple of years, but I haven't ever seen it enforced before this season, which is that you can't kick the ball into the ground to make it pop up. You have to naturally be able to pop the ball up yourself. It's supposed to be able to avoid injuries. They're worried about the collisions on the onside kicks or something. But uh, I saw it called I feel like a collision on the on- onside kick would be worse with a pop-up. Because you're looking at the ball, I don't, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, well, they don't want the ball to be hit into the ground and pop up. Okay. And then probably feel that you know, high school kickers probably don't have the ability to pop it up on them by themselves. Um, so uh, I saw it called in the St. Francis Kingsley game once on Kingsley, and everybody, when the whistles, when the rest of the whistles, everybody was looking around going, what was that call? Like, nobody had ever heard of this rule change. And it was the same thing when St. Francis got called for it in this. Everybody was like, what, what rule is that? 
Yeah, because there was an onside kick in the Sutton's Bay State semifinal that Rudyard did to open the second half, and that was definitely into the ground first. Yeah, you're not allowed to drive it where it hits the ground like like immediately. You can basically squib it. Right. You know, you can run it along the ground. Oh, okay. So, so okay, you can squib kick, but you can't hit it and then pop it up. Essentially. So, so it can't. Yeah. If it pops up, then it's a penalty. Whatever. Well, because I because I guess you would be you five yard penalty and then you get to re-kick. So it doesn't hurt you really. You still yeah. get I mean, another onside kick, and St. Francis did, and they recovered that one like right at 10 yards the the Plumbo coach didn't think they did but I've got a photo that, show, that I think with the aspect and everything like that shows that Nostatus was like right at 10 yards and just stepped in front of a kid and grabbed it like the Plumbo kids were pretty hesitant about like about waiting for it to get 10 yards and I'm like if you're on offense you don't have to wait no you can go get it right away get it they were waiting for it to go 10 yards just like St. Francis guys and Nostatus just jumped in front of one of them and grabbed it right at 10 yards what I was going to say is uh, I think what they were looking at with that rule is if the ball goes up, your head's going to be looking up too. You know, then you'll have 10 guys looking for a ball and it's a head-on collision. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's listed under player safety in the 2018 rule changes. I had to go look it up <laughs> under the NFHS. Um, but, you know, and, but then St. Francis gets down, you know, inside Plamo territory with, you know, just a few seconds left. And then Pablo comes up with a, a pretty clutch interception, um, and, uh, and and a really good interception too by that Russell kid. I mean, he it was right on the sideline. He had to look down and get a, a drag a toe to get it in. Um, a lot of people didn't think he got it in, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, and uh, so I mean, it, it took Pablo have to make a lot of really good plays to beat St. Francis. That was a bummer of a loss. I think we were hoping for a Friday game and a Saturday game for the state championships, but yeah, James, I was hoping for a twofer. what's that? I was hoping for a twofer. Yeah, and uh, but we we got one, which is nice, and we have Traverse City Central playing on Friday, like I said, one o'clock at Ford Field. Andrew, you covered the uh, the South Lion game and saw them win. I, I just I wonder how much should we. Um, Trash talk Brandon Folsom on the podcast right now for you know I, yeah I read that preview and um, they were up forty two nothing by the end of almost by the end of the first quarter and uh, in that preview he said South Lion fans should have their tickets should be could could be buying their tickets in the state finals by halftime I mean they were the Central fans were chant one of the things he wrote in that preview was big boy football and. The Central fans were chanting "Big Boy Football" by the end of the game. <laughs> but yeah, on paper, this game should have been a lot closer. And you know, when you look at uh, Quinn Fercassi and Central, it didn't really fare well against a team that has a really top that is a pass-heavy offense like DeWitt. And there's something that could be said to that. But a lot of those guys were hurt, and they were kind of banged up from that Port Central game. And I, I, I've said this a couple of times to myself this weekend. It's like, I wish this game could have happened three weeks ago because those were really, these were two teams that had a really good regular season. And I would have loved to see them at full strength. But nonetheless, Central moves on to the state finals, first time since 88. 
Carson Bordeaux had a play where he juked out pretty much the entire soft line defense. Um, and I, I didn't see it right away when I saw the play out in the field, but because I was standing on the left side, right, and on the right side is where there's like 10 guys laying down in the field after after the play, but they, they led at the halftime, and unlike the Mona Shores game where they surrendered, it was like a touchdown lead. Um, they said, no, we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to play start the second half like it's 0-0, and they ended up closing out the game. Yeah, Bordeaux is uh... – quick on his feet to say the least uh, he's also going to yeah. be a guest later on the uh, podcast with us uh, alongside uh, quarterback josh burnham uh when they were announcing the score they kept announcing the score of the tc central south lion game at the st francis game and it was about halftime and a guy they announced it and you know it was a blowout and some Puamo fans were walking by and they're not far from east lansing who is who south lion beat in the last round and when they heard that they saw our media passes and they turned one of the guys turned to us and he's like He's like, yeah, good for them. He's like, and he just started laying into South Lion for just being unsportsmanlike in the North, in the East Lansing game. Said that they were using the N word. Wow. <laughs> and everything, and then, then just keep walking, walking. From from what I heard, uh, and Andrew, I don't know if you can attest to this, but it South Lion didn't start getting pretty chippy there at some point, and there were some late hits and some questionable or, 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 or dirty plays by them? It was both sides, I think. There were a couple times Central had a tackle, and they added a little more in a tackle once it got out of bounds. But there were 140 penalty yards from Central and 90 on South Lion, and it's not really, like, typical for a semifinal game. So if Central can clean that up, I think they'll be in good shape next, uh, next Friday, and they can give Warren Dallas a pretty good game. Shock a lot of people in the state. As I say, the St. Francis game was remarkably penalty-free. There was only three in that game, um, and one of those was the the kick thing. Uh, St. Francis got called for targeting though one time on a play on the sidelines where Gabe Olivier uh, he just timed up a kid on the sidelines, and I thought he got him with the shoulder, and you know it was just a it was a really good hit. It was a very violent hit, but it was just I thought a really good hit. And he got they called him for targeting. He didn't get kicked out or anything like that. But then the Puamo section, one part of the section of the Puamo thing, started chanting something, something Catholics. But I couldn't make out. I kept trying to listen to see what it was because they chanted it like four or five times, and I couldn't make it out. So on the other side of the field, and I kept asking around the whole game what they were chanting, and nobody knew. But uh, it should be a really good one at Ford Field, and I'm really jealous of James there. He gets to go down and watch it. No, you're not. <laughs> you're happy. You're happy that you get to to go home and hang out with your family for a little bit. Because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, we get to say that we're jealous. I'm not. I'm also going home and I get to see my family for the first time in many months. So that's gonna be. That's going to be nice. We're actually going to get to that later in the trifecta when we talk about what we're thankful for. I want us to end on a, on a happy note when we get to the trifecta. Yeah. Um, I was just surprised, Brendan, in your story that you didn't try to mention, try to work in that Adrian Lenaway has a kid in their team named Carmelo LeBron. I'm, you know, I, I guess I just didn't, I didn't have the, uh, I didn't, I didn't have the space for it. I guess. I would have just said, you know, like. Adrian Lenaway, who has a player on their team named Carmelo LeBron. <laughs> just just <laughs> throwing it in there? Just, just nothing else? It's like, did, he didn't play, he didn't do anything. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He just exists on that team. Just has a sweet name. 
Well, All right, Andrew, I've been trying to ask this question like for like five minutes. So you talked about you wanted it to be, it, or it should have been a closer game on paper between Central and South Lion. But Central is different with the eye test. What did you see on Saturday that makes you believe they can win a state championship? The Bordeaux play. You know, there there is so many. And then, like, I saw, um, there was a tweet from a photographer, and he's like, oh, Caden Warner was in just about every single play I took a photo of. You know, he, he was. You know, he was challenging the three quarterbacks they played with, Braid for Cassie, Quinn for Cassie, a couple times out of the wild, Wildcat, and then Dawson's. Dawson, oh God, I am going to mispronounce his last name, Scoopin. Um, they put him in for a couple plays. And he was he was literally everywhere, jumping in, blocking. And it was a pretty good play where, you know, in the NFL, where they take down the quarterback after a pass because he hits him like at the split second. He did that. You know, he showed him why he's committed to Saginaw Valley State. You know, it's Central has, there. there isn't really many aspects of their team that aren't good you know it's like you, you have a really strong line on the offensive defensive side and they could stop the run they stopped two college running backs and Tommy Donovan and Dakota Blackwell so um I think they're when guess you see the eye test like you guys like Carson and guys like Josh and they're just bolting off on the sidelines for long touchdown runs on play after play but then there's so much you don't see in the so many plays that you just kind of miss because you're looking at those Josh and Carson, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like there, there's the run fits that speed from Josh Burnham on linebacker. And he was just nominated for the national linebacker of the year award. <laughs> you know, it's you're, you, you see, you see Josh in places that you, you don't think he should be for a linebacker because he's so fast. Yeah, and we've talked about the offensive line a lot, you know, throughout the season. But I think the defensive line too. I mean, and between between the three of us, we've covered a lot of TC Central games. Who's seen anybody be able to successfully run on TC Central? No one. Nobody. Not even Dewitt. They shut Dewitt's run game down. It was they, they gave up. They gave up a couple of uh, big plays to uh, Brother Rice, uh, but is. And one of them was, I think, either a kickoff or, or a punt, uh, and that was just broken coverage. But other than that, I Marquette, mean, they... Marquette had a couple good plays against them and who ended up being pretty good this year, you know? I, I think yeah. what, what sets this Central apart is that they are able to... The adjustments they make are so good. That coaching staff knows what they're doing, and I think that is a big part of their success. Predictions. Let's go. Let's do it. I know nobody likes to. Are we all going to be homers? Are we all going to pick Central to win? So I want a prediction and a final score. And you can. And, and how about this? We'll do two predictions. One for them winning and one for them losing. Andrew, you go first. If they win, 28-14 over Warren De La Salle. Okay. If they if they lose, I think it's I think it's a game where they both score a lot of points. So like thirty. 30-something to, like, 38 to, is that even a football score, 38? <laughs> sure, it can be. Uh, yeah, 38, 38 to 30, 38 to 28. All right. James? Yeah, I think I think you could see somebody finally score some points on TC Central in this game because the field of has just been piling up points. And they scored, I'm looking back, it's 
been since like week six of the season. They've only had one game where they haven't hit 40. But you could say the same thing about Central. Central's just been rolling up points on, on teams too. And so I think you could easily see like a, a 35-28 game, maybe even higher scoring than that. So who wins? I mean, I look back, I look back at De La Salle's schedule, and they shut down Roseville, who had a lot of – they had a couple D1 guys on their roster. And I think Central's kind of built the same way where you have a lot of athletic backs. But I think Josh Burnham is widely one of the best players in Michigan. You know, there's a reason why he's an MLI Player of the Year nominee and the state champs Mr. football nominee. So I – I really like the I really like Central's chances to stop the LSL. I mean, Rhode Shores did it last year. Those were two teams that were built the same the same way. You know, you had Central and Brady or Josh Burnham and Brady Rose, and they did it by outpowering them with one guy in the field. And I think Central could has the potential to do the same this Friday. All right, I'll make my yeah. prediction. I'm going to go Central 42, Warren D. LaSalle 41. Central Central blocks Central blocks the game tying extra point with less than a minute to go, and then can kneel on it for victory formation. It's the first thing I that came. I think we can all agree this is going to be a good game. You know. They yeah, I just have to here. figure out how how am I going to watch it? How how do I like Andrew? How are you watching it in Chicago? I think the Fox Sports app. Latif stream just about everything, so okay. that's why I watched this, this state stuff last year. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've got to watch this game. I'm not jealous that James has to cover it, but I have to watch it. So, all right, well, we have Josh and Carson on the show today. Uh, they were kind enough to join us after practice, so let's go ahead and get into that interview right now. Uh, I would like to welcome in Carson Bordeaux and Josh Burnham to the Get Around podcast. You guys have both been on before, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank Just, you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, uh, Josh, I'm going to start with you. News of the day uh, Butkus Award finalist. Growing up as a Chicago Bears fan myself, uh, this is uh, it's pretty cool that uh, you are a finalist for that honor. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's really a blessing. Uh, I mean, I'm super honored to be able to be seen as one of the best linebackers in the nation. So, I mean, it's awesome. Did you know that it was coming? Um, I didn't know I was in the top six. Uh, I think I was. I knew I was in the top ten, but I didn't know they were uh, narrowing it down. So it's pretty cool to see. Do you think you can? Do you think you can? You can win it? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm. I would like to think that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of winning, you guys had a, a big game uh, on Saturday that you uh, took care of, uh, South Lion. I, I want to talk because I'm not sure if you guys knew about the bulletin board material that was out there. But, uh, okay, yeah, you guys do, shaking your heads. Um, what was uh, what was your kind of response to that, that they should, you know, uh, Brandon Folsom wrote that uh, they should have been mm-hmm. buying their tickets to the state championship uh, at the end of the first half yeah i mean we we definitely came into the week with a huge chip on our shoulder so i mean yeah personally i love that kind of stuff yeah um 
I, I like being the underdog. I like that mentality. Um, and we come in with a chip on our shoulder every week, no matter how we're playing. We just that's just this group of guys. So I mean, uh, we we love when people do that. And uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I I know within 30 minutes of him posting that article, I think there was probably 50 copies taped in our locker room. Really? Uh, yeah, like every other locker had a had a copy of the score prediction in the in the highlighted version of him saying uh, fans can purchase their t- tickets by halftime. So I mean. But it's not like we uh, we go out there and say that he's wrong or anything. We just we just know that in the back of our mind, uh, that's what that's what people think about the team up north. Which is crazy because they haven't seen you guys play. I have. I mean, the first time I saw you guys play was against Brother Rice, and you yeah, that was a fun game. <laughs> uh, you guys, I mean, you showed out and put up a lot of points and did such a, a great job like that eye test right there when i saw you i went this is a state championship team i mean i i, I thought it then and you guys are thankfully proving me right which is great makes me look smart even though i'm not um, what does it feel like being in the position where you're at uh, we're talking about 33 years since the last time central was in a state championship game and that was before the central west split yeah i mean uh, it's it's insane. Um, I'm very honored, or we're very honored, to be back there, and it's just a great feeling overall for for us and all the hard work we put in. But then for the people that played before us, the seniors that graduated last year. Um, so I mean, it's it's a crazy crazy fun feeling. Yeah, I mean it's it's a huge honor. Like you said, um, I mean we we wouldn't be able to do this without uh, the past couple of years. Uh, those teams um, like molding us and helping us get to where we're at today has the the reality of it sunk in or is that not going to be until you guys leave on i think you're what leaving thursday yeah i mean i'm I'm sure that's when it'll hit everyone as hard as but yeah i mean we're all super excited yeah going off what josh said i mean we're we're pumped obviously but we just have to it's it's just another week of football for us i mean we'll uh is that the message? We, right. I mean, yeah, we're not we're not going to make it bigger than it is. I mean, it's it's football on a Friday. It's it's what we've all grown up loving to do. And um, but how can you not make it bigger? Like it it is bigger. It, it is totally. But I mean, it's it, we just we just want to go out there and have fun playing football with our brothers and do, doing our thing. And I mean, we don't we don't want to make it seem like it's life or death situation. There's stuff going outside of just Michigan football that's that's going on bigger or that's bigger than what we're doing but I mean it's obviously the biggest game we're going to play this year but we just want to come in with the mindset all week just take it one day at a time one practice at a time uh, win the day and and then Friday will take care of itself how are the mullets doing <laughs> not bad they're doing well they're doing well do you guys get are you getting them touched up every every week no, we got we got ours cut pretty good. So I mean, they're still they're still looking pretty fly right now. <laughs> some uh, yeah. some kids need to get them touched up. Yeah. we've had players giving other players mullets yeah. to like after practices, <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen any of those, but they are. I I will admit I botched a kid's hair. Uh, I did one side <laughs> of it, and uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I apologize to him, but 
Okay, uh, tell me the story. It can't just uh, who who's the kid and how bad is it and where can I find a picture? Oh well, he, he, he fixed it. He fixed it up already. So I mean, but uh, yeah, it was just after practice one day, and Reed had his Clippers, and I mean, we've been telling people like, hey, like, I mean, we we need to get playoff mullets, man, and uh, some people were finally, like, oh yeah, like I'll get one, like let's do it right now. I just haven't had time to get one, so I was like, all right, what do you want to cut? And you're like. Uh, you can cut it. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I mean, I've never cut anyone's hair before. Right? So, I mean, and then, uh, you know, I botched that pretty good. But he, he got it fixed by an uh, actual barber, so, I mean, it looks good now. And it, did, it's going back, so. Did you, like, what, take it down to the scalp or something? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And was he... <laughs> I'm assuming wearing a hat to school the next day, I think or we all are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I've. I, I, I haven't worn a hat. I think I've bought four new hats ever since, since last. So you guys like the mullets? You just don't want anybody to see you with a mullet. Basically. Yeah, that's good. All right. I love it. I love it. I just love it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> how how quick after the uh, state championship game are you guys getting your haircut back to I, normal? I don't know. I don't know about the hair cut part, but the hair dyed is what the, the, what's <laughs> keeping me from wearing a hat. You know, if I had a regular mullet, I would actually rock it. It's just, I don't know. I don't like, like I, a skunk. Yeah, people call me a skunk every day, and I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'm it's. Gonna, uh, I'm going to dye that back pretty darn fast. Okay. You know what you should do? Just go full blonde. Just bleach the whole thing, man. I love the, I I, the, the look that you just gave me was for you're like, what, what is this guy an idiot? No. <laughs> That's what I should have done in the first place. Uh, but I didn't, <laughs> and I regret it. I actually just regret, regret getting it uh, bleached at all. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll admit this. Uh, back in, in my high school days, which were, you know, looking back now, pretty embarrassing, uh, <laughs> I, I did the frosted tips spiked up frosted tips and, oh, and all that and it got to the point where like i was like it was just getting too expensive so my mom was mm-hmm. like oh i'll do it i can do it for you i'm like okay mm-hmm. fine so i sat down at the the kitchen table and she's you know she's trying to dye my hair and i feel the the brush go on the back of my head i'm like why what is she doing why is she going you know that far down and i'm like what's going on she's like oh no it looks fine don't worry about it I found out, like, years later, she told me that she accidentally, it it looked like there were two blonde eyes in the back of my head, and she just (laughs) didn't tell me. Nobody, no one told me, and I just had these two bleach blonde eyes in the back of my head. I looked ridiculous. No uh, one told you? No one. No one told me. None of of my friends, none of my friends, none of my, no one, no one in my family. That's awesome. They just let me live like that for a <laughs> month is, until I got a haircut. It's brutal. That is pretty funny. So, what do you guys think of uh, Warren De La Salle? What do you guys have to do to to beat him? Um. Yeah. So obviously, Warren De La Salle's arguably one of the best teams in the state, um, and you can make a case for the best of the team in the state pretty easily. They got players all around. I mean, everyone that starts is is a crazy athletic crazy good football player so i mean it's going to be fun trying to trying to stop all of them um it's going to be a challenge and there uh there's some ballers but we're we're looking forward to it it's going to be fun yeah i mean like you said they're they're a great team i mean they were they were here last year 
So, um, I mean, we just got to come out and execute. Talk to me about the the coaching staff. It seems that what is really impressive about your team is that you guys can make adjustments mid-game and make them really well and execute. That's got to come down, I mean, to the, the coaching, but you guys do it on the field, obviously. I'm just wondering how you feel about the coaching staff there. Yeah, I mean, we have, a, like, a crazy good connection with all the coaches, and, I mean, we obviously buy in and trust everything that they say, and, I mean, they, they all know what they're talking about. So, I mean, it's definitely a huge help knowing that we have all these coaches on the team that, um, I mean, can make these flies in-game and that we can just adjust right there and right then and there. So, I mean, it's it's super helpful. Yeah, going off what Josh said, I I think we have one of the best coaching staffs in the state, not just not just coaching-wise, but connection-wise, too. I mean, we, we trust them, they trust us, and it's more than just a, a coach and a, and a player. It's a, it's a real connection. So, I mean, when they tell us to do something, it doesn't matter who it is on the team, they're going to do it. And uh, if Josh or I see something on the field um, and we tell the coach something, they'll, they'll look into it on film and stuff, too. So it's, it's a connection that we have, and they're, they're great people and great coaches. And they, uh, they're really, really good at what they do. Yeah, I think that was the one thing that I recognized too in the Brother Rice game was the chemistry. That it's just it's palpable on that team. Like you guys are just together. Can you talk to me about that a little bit and how special that has been and how it like how that happens? Because you get a group of just a couple of guys together and there's there's going to be some differences and arguments. Yeah, I mean we've been playing with each other since Pop Warner through middle school, now into high school. So I mean. We know everyone. I mean, we've been growing up with one another, so we're like literally family and brothers. Um, I mean, yeah, the, just the connections we have with everyone. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, going off of that, I mean, I remember being a little kid with like all these guys in my grades, and we are going to these Friday night football games and watching the Trojans play in our in our sixth grade, seventh grade jerseys or whatever it was. I mean, I just remember watching. Uh, the black and gold on the Friday night lights and just saying, boys, like one day that's gonna be us. Like we're gonna be we're gonna be rocking that black and gold under those lights and we're gonna be playing for this community, playing for this city and um boy has it been fun. It's it's been a ride and looking to end it off right. Yeah, that's like that's a that's a goosebumps moment right there for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. talking about you know, just hearing you talk about that, thinking of yeah, going back to being a, a kid and just looking up and going one day and now it's here and yeah. it's real and you are now a part of Trevor City Central history already you know um, how much do you guys know about the 85 and the 88 team I know personally a lot uh, my dad played for the Trojans in 91 or 1991 90, he was the starting quarterback um and they went to the regional championship two years in a row, and they actually lost both of them uh, by a touchdown each. So my dad has been telling me stories. I mean, he was coached by Jim Ooley, who won those three championships. So I know quite a lot. Um, my dad was a freshman in 88. So I know how much the community is backed and how much we are backed by the community. Um, and I know how much it means to our, our city, um, making it to the state championship and going to play for that championship. So, I mean, it's... It's huge for us, but it's it's huge for the community too. I mean, we're excited to go put on the put on the Trojans uh, jersey for us and for them. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we have quite a few guys that their dads played on like these teams. So I mean, it's awesome to be able to, I mean, fill in their shoes. 
um, I mean, it's an honor. First thought that you think is going to go through your head when you walk on a Ford field? Just play football. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to have the, like, I mean, same thing like we did when we went to the big house. I mean, obviously you're going to look around, take it in, take a deep breath, and then you're just going to realize, I mean, it's just another game. I mean, you can't be worried about how big the stadium is or anything like that. You just got to go out and play football. So speaking of that, the the first game of the season, difference now from then? What What's different on the team? Uh, I mean, we found out who we are. Yeah, I was about to say, I just I just think we found out our identity. Um, that first week was great for us in so many different ways. Um, usually you don't hear people say getting blown out by 20 is a great thing, but I mean, I honestly think that was one of the most one of the best things for our success this season is is losing that game because we found out exactly who we are as a team and we said after I said boys we're going to be fine we're going to we're going to buckle down and there's no one coming here to save us I mean it's it's us and we're going to be rocking with this team and this group for, for the next few weeks and we uh we buckled down and started working harder and fixed what we needed to work on and it's kind of us here yeah I mean we all we all knew we needed to bounce back and I mean that's exactly what we've done I mean we've bought in and just yeah I mean we're all just ready when did it click when did you like what week do you felt that it that it clicked are you are you guys still on the on the up are you guys still going up personally I mean coach Hood says it all the time we haven't played our best game yet um I mean we go into film every single Sunday and watch watch our Friday night or Saturday game for last last week but um and we uh we have tons of stuff that we we need to work on every single week. There's not one game where it's like we did everything exactly how we're taught and supposed to do. So, I mean, we haven't put together that full game yet, so I think it's still on the way up. I mean, I, I think we understood our potential um, after after that Brother Rice game, especially with, I mean, everyone's picking Brother Rice to beat us. They're a Catholic League team. They're downstate. We're just set up North team. And, uh, we uh, buckled down on that one. We closed our ears to the outside and just did what we did. And I think that's when kids on the team realized, like, it's like we can we can play with anyone. Um, it's just it's just a mindset kind of thing. Yeah, that was a statement win for sure. Yeah. So outside of the personal glory that would come with winning a, a state championship, who would it mean the most to that you personally know? easily my dad um just just growing up in trojan football i mean i have all his jerseys from his high school really um yeah he wore number 11 too i mean that's why i'm number 11 i've been wearing 11 since i was i don't know six years old so i mean um it was it was big last year when we made it to semis after we won that regional title because that's something he never got to do um i remember giving him a hug um after we'd be a fireman. So, I mean, yeah, this, it would it would mean the most my dad, my grandpa, I mean, my mom, my family. But, yeah, it would be, and, and to the guys on the team. I mean, I think it would mean to a lot, to all my brothers, too. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad didn't play here, but, I mean, definitely it would mean, mean a lot for him. I mean, my entire family, uh, the teammates that we had in the past years that, I mean, like I said earlier, helped us mold us into who we are. Um, and really just in the entire community. I mean, the entire community here just buys in, and, I mean, 
they support us no matter what, and I mean, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah, do you feel that this isn't, if you win, that it isn't just the a championship for the 2021 team? Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, we we won't be anywhere. Um, like me and Josh, we we started sophomore year for the Trojans, so I mean, we won't be anywhere if we didn't have those seniors, like for example, Trace Turtles or Jordan Leggett or Luke Morrison, leading us to who we are today. I mean, they molded us as leaders and captains for this team, and put us in the right direction and people like that and Jack Sherwin, Toby Chwanicki, like people like that put the program on the right path. And um, we just have the torch right now. Hopefully we'll pass it on to the younger generation as they get older too. So, I mean. All right, boys. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Uh, it was really good to talk to you. I, you know, I think the first time that we met was actually the, oh, the practice before your first playoff game. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember you saying, uh, "I hope you boys make it to the championship because we want to follow you that far." And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, and yes, and uh, you know, here we are. So, sure. good luck on Friday. Uh, I won't be there. Uh, James Cook will be there. He'll be covering it. I will be watching at home from Chicago. I'm going back there for Thanksgiving, awesome. and I'll be pulling up the Fox Sports app and making sure that uh, I watch you guys. Because honestly, the the times that I've seen you, it's been just an absolute pleasure to watch you play football it's you guys are a great team and um, i'm really pulling for you i'm predicting you to win it's going to be close but you guys are you know i believe in you you're going to pull it out yes, sir. Appreciate, it. appreciate it all right have a good one all right, thank, thank you, you too bye, bye. All right, thanks again to Josh and Carson for joining us in the Get Around Studio virtually because it's still just me here. Uh, we appreciate them. Wish them good luck on Friday. Uh, of course, uh, I forgot to do this earlier, but of course the Get Around podcast is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's. Freaky. All righty. Okay. So let's get into our Athlete of the Week. At some point, I mean, I think next week we're going to have to get into the retroactive Hall of Fame when we start putting in athletes who were deserving during the fall sports season, but we didn't get a chance to actually put them in. Um, Maybe next week, though, we're putting in the whole Traverse City Central football team. We could be doing that, or we could be putting in two Nationals qualifiers and cross-country runners uh, Luke Van Heisen and Julia Flynn. Luke is actually my nominee this week. He was part of the Michigan team that went to the Mideast Regionals, and it was a, I think it was a four-state meet. So you had Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, and Indiana, and both uh, the Michigan boys and Michigan girls won that. It was the top 12 uh, boys runners and top 12 girls runners from each state, uh, seniors anyway. And uh, that was the third time in a row that Michigan has won it. They won it in 18, 19. Uh, it wasn't run last year because of COVID, but they won it again this year. And pretty handily, actually. So Michigan showing out as one of the best states in the Midwest for cross country. So, yeah, Luke finished fifth. So I'm going to uh, give it to him. Uh, I would give it to Julia Flynn, but she's definitely made it in this season, right? Okay. Yes. All right. If she if she hasn't, then she can also go in. But she actually won the girls' race. She finished first out of every runner uh, in the girls' race. 
Uh, I'll put up Michael Skirmerhorn from Traverse City West. Uh, he started the hockey season about as good as you can do uh, and started the game with a natural hat trick against Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central on Saturday. And, uh, you know, and they beat Forest Hill Central 5-2. to two. That was a team that just got the Bay Reps in an overtime goal the night before. And uh, so West was able to get them the next day 5-2, uh, but they had an empty netter at the end, so it was really 4-2. But, uh, but still, good win for West to open up the season. They host their, their Thanksgiving tournament, the Kathy Buchanan Memorial, this this weekend on Friday, Saturday at Center Ice. All right. Jake Van Horn from Traverse City Central. You know, he, he was the guy a couple of weeks ago scored a touchdown late in the game, and he was what Eric Sugar's called like a scout team all-star. You know, he's always helping the guys prepare for their games, and they were just glad they got him a touchdown run. But last Saturday, I saw him towards the end of the game, just kind of a nice 13-yard carry down the side and duped out a couple guys that thought was pretty cool. So I'll give it to him. So between last Friday and just a good season overall, kind of the season in practice, but, hey, it's he's equally as much of the team as anyone else, you know. Well, hey, guess what, guys? I'm going to save all the suspense and... I'm going to do something in the spirit of the holiday, and everyone's just going to get in. So all three of our athletes will be inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame, so congrats to all of them on awesome performances in the last week. And then we'll start the Retroactive Hall of Fame next week and look back and probably even do kind of a a look forward to the winter sports season as well. Thursday is Thanksgiving, and... With that in mind, two-part question. What are you thankful for, and what are you thankful for in two different, in uh, sports capacity and a non-sports capacity? So what are you thankful for in sports, and what are you thankful for that is outside of sports? I mean, outside of sports, it's, you know, thankful for if family oh. and all that kind of stuff. Lame. Uh, and, and, that, and that they're all, and that they're healthy, you know, you know that, that through all this COVID pandemic, you know, um, most of the uh, friends and family have made it through unscathed. Um, you know, I've had some friends who've had some some family members and stuff who passed away and stuff. But uh, you know, it's just a nice time to be able to have your whole family together on Thursday um, when you realize not everybody is going to be able to. Okay. Well, I said that was lame before you said that really nice, sweet stuff. So that was. <laughs> I take that back. It was really. That was quite nice. Uh, so what's uh, how about sports capacity? As far as sports, man, it was it was nice just to be able to cover things with fans back in the stands, student sections, cheerleaders, and for me, concession stands. Popcorn, it's important. Uh, I, I went most of I went most of a year without getting concession stand popcorn. How did you live, James? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you know, but just just having sports back, being able to to, to do what you know what we love to do on a, on a daily basis, and and go out and do it kind of unfettered, like we did had to do for a year or so there. Where, you know, we had to wear masks, and that was what we had to do, so we did it to do the job and and all that kind of stuff. But you know, around April, something like that. You know, my my dog wasn't really digesting her food right. You know, it was kind of hard because. Uh, she kind of had an accident when I was out covering the Central and West Bass baseball game and took her to bat the next day, and she had a pretty serious digestive issue going on with her. And 
I'm thankful that's resolved by now. We transitioned her onto a diet six months later, and she's back on the normal food. So it could have been a lot worse, and I'm thankful it really wasn't. And sports-wise, I'm thankful that, you know, look, look where we were a year ago today. You know, it's, the season's just getting postponed, and we don't really know when it's going to come back. You know, at least you know next Friday and Saturday there's going to be a state championship and there's no waiting months and months to finish up your football season that you're not even sure is going to happen. So um, I'm sure there was a sense of, like, relief that things this year got closure. You know, I, I mean, everyone did last year, but for a while it seemed like football season was just ongoing. And it's hard, it's hard for me to write in my story that, Oh, the 2020 state championships have happened in 2021. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I'm glad we didn't have to deal with that. And I'm thankful for the athletes that they didn't have to go through that waiting game, too. All right. I'll, I'll piggyback on both of those. Um, yeah, I'm definitely thankful that I get to go home and see the family and, and cook for the family uh, this weekend, uh, which is going to be which is going to be really nice. And then. Yeah, I, you know, Andrew, um, I just had uh, an issue with Luna, my dog. She just had a pretty large tumor removed from her rib cage uh, a couple of weeks ago. Fortunately, it was benign, and that was a that was a, a pretty scary uh, time for me, given what happened last year uh, with losing Guinness to cancer. And so, definitely thankful that this time around, it was okay. And uh, I, I think that through all of this, I, I hope a lot of people are gaining a perspective and understand the, the, the worth of family and friends and being around each other and uh, not taking that for granted. You know, you hear that a lot. Uh, as much as we heard uh, in these unprecedented times, I think what you're hearing now is a lot of people saying, I just, I'm not going to take that for granted anymore. And of course, it's human nature, and eventually we will take it for granted again. Um, we will we will go back to normal, and I think I'm thankful for that. Actually, in a weird way, I'll be thankful um, that at some point my family will annoy me again. You know, they don't now, uh, and uh, I couldn't be happier to be going to see them. But I'm I'm sure one day in the future, uh, one of them will annoy me, and I'll be thankful when that happens. Um, as far as the sports capacity, I'm thankful to be back. And I'm thankful to be back in, in the role that I am and uh, thankful to be wor- working with you guys. I think we make it. You're kind of thankful to be out of news. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm basically saying that, yeah, I am thankful that I don't have to go to board meetings twice a month. Um, those were exciting. I they mean, they were exciting. They were exciting. Just often way. in the, you know, in a, a, you know, a very difficult way. Uh, just given how in in those board meetings, how much strife and negativity and conflict and aggression there was. It was, I mean, it was tough to be around that energy. I mean, every other Monday I would be in a meeting and it would be four or five hours of that that is not good for your mental health at all i can tell you that right now not good at all 
for the old mental health. So, all right, well, that'll wrap it up. Thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on and uh, joining me virtually in, in the studio. Um, yeah, like I said, thankful for you guys. Thankful for the listeners out there. I uh, hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving and can rest and relax and recharge before things start up again and we head into a, a busy last month of the year. So uh, this has been episode 197 of the Get Around Podcast. I've been your host, Brendan Queeley, and with me, James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal. Thanks, and have a good one. Thanks.